Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Pastor Christy Amira Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. The Lord spoke to me the scripture in my spirit, and he said that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds. How many of you know that parable? But it's like a man who sowed that seed. And when he sowed that seed, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This seed grew up to be a great tree. And the fowls of the air, the birds of the air found lodging. Someone say lodging. They found lodging there. What does that mean? That means the kingdom of heaven is like a habitation. The kingdom of heaven is a covering. The kingdom of heaven is the almighty shadow. The kingdom of heaven is a preservation from the outside world. You know, when you're in the house and it's raining outside, if you got a good house and you got a good roof, it doesn't matter what's going on outside. See, that tree is a house for the birds of the air. That tree is somewhere you can find refuge. You can find God. The kingdom of heaven is not waiting for us after we die. The kingdom of heaven is within us. And what God is building on the planet is a house that will cause others to be drawn into it. And they will find an escape. From the world that is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. We're not waiting for the rapture to experience escape. God is our preservation today. God is our freedom today. God is the shadow today. God is the secret place today. And the church of the living God, the Bible tells us that the ark, the ark that escaped the flood... Was the ark buried beneath the flood? Did did the ark encounter uh, the drowning that the outside world encountered? Or was the ark lifted above the waters of judgment, above the waters of sickness, above the waters of sin, above the waters of defeat, above the waters of fear, above the waters of weakness, above the waters of generational curses, above the waters of the outcome of the evil ones. It was lifted and that's a type of the church and the church is not waiting to be rescued. The church has been rescued and the rescue is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Glory to God. So that little seed, who is that seed? Well, we know that the Bible said that, that Jesus said that unless a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it be sown, it brings forth much fruit. And he was speaking about himself. He was speaking about sowing his own life and bearing much fruit. You and I are the fruit of that small seed, if you will. How many of you know Jesus is not small? But what he sowed, he planned on it multiplying into you and into me. And what he's building is not a temple made with man's hands, but it is life. 
that's who we are. We are those lively stones. We are part of that house that is an escape from the world. It's an escape. And you, you may not like the word escape. I understand. Escape seems to sound like you're retreating or like you're running away. But how many of you know that I only have a certain uh, uh, amount of English words that I can use? What I'm describing is what ascends above the evil what ascends above the judgment what goes above what's beneath and that tree is a type of that kingdom that kingdom that that God has called us to seek first see see there are too many Christians that are out there trying to build their own kingdom They want to utilize the methods that are written in the word of God for selfish gain. They want to utilize the methods that are written in the word of God to gain something for themselves. But we are not called to find ourselves. We are called to lose ourselves and find him. We are called to seek first his kingdom, to seek first his righteousness, and to see everything we need be added to us as we are going on the mission he sent us on. And that mission is is being a part of that habitation. My God, my God, we are lively stones, fitly framed together. And what God is building, it's not a, it's not a, it's holy, H-O-L-Y. But it is not holy, meaning it doesn't have holes in it. The church is not an extension of the world. The church is not even under the rulership of the world. The church is answerable only to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who bought us, the one who called us, the one who foreknew us, the one who predestined us. We are the escape. We are the ones who were called out from and unto. We are the ones who float above it instead of being buried beneath it. We are the ones who stand on scorpions and snakes. That represents every power of the enemy. They're not crawling up our ear to our ears. They're under our feet because Christ is the one who called us. Christ is the one who formed us. Christ is the one who saved us. Why? Because the birds of the air need an escape. Because there are still those that are lost. There are still those that are lost. There are still those that do not know. And if you will, there are still Christians that are lost. They don't know that they are not just saved after they die. They are called out of the world and into the kingdom of light now. They don't have to live under the servitude of a world that wants them sick, a world that wants them fearful, a world that wants them bound, a world that wants them anxious, a world that wants them without hope. They're called out of that. You're called out of that. We're called out of that. A thousand may fall at one side and 10,000 at the other, but no plague will come nigh my dwelling. Glory to God. 
This is what this ministry is a part of. This is what you're a part of. How many of you are International Miracle Institute? And if you're not an IMI, you may be seated. We are a part of allowing God to use us to build that city not made by man's hands. That nation not birthed by man's ambition. My goodness, hallelujah. That generation that did not come by the desire of men, but came by the desire of God. We are part of, we are stones in that building. We are members of that body. And that body is a refuge. The church is a refuge. The church is a refuge from the wiles of the devil. The church is a refuge from the the plagues of this earth. The church is a refuge from sickness, a refuge from death, a refuge from anxiety, a refuge from fear, a refuge from racism, a refuge from division, a refuge. Glory to God. That's what the church is. And somebody said, well, Pastor Christy, I've never seen a church like that. Well, then we still have some work to do. We still got some work to do. But let me tell you something. If you're a stone in the building, you better love that building. You better love that building. And listen, you can't do a whole lot to change the other stones, but you just got to be you. And you got to know that you're a stone in what God is building. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And, and so, as Apostle was speaking to me, that this word dropped in my spirit. And how many of you are IMI? So I want you to hear with your spirit today. I may not be talking to everybody. That doesn't mean I don't love everybody. I love every person in here. And I love every person under the sound of my voice. But I got to speak to those that have ears to hear. Even Jesus didn't speak to everybody. He said, I'm sent to those that have ears to hear. He described a generation. He said, we piped for you and you didn't dance. We played music for you, but you didn't get into it. Didn't he talk to a generation like that? He said, then we, 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 we did other things, but you wouldn't cry. It didn't matter what we did. You wouldn't, you wouldn't respond because there's a generation that doesn't have an ear to hear. They'd rather hear what they want to hear instead of hear the truth of the living God. But God's vessels are not sent to say what people want to hear. They are sent to say what God wants said. Hallelujah. And somebody said, well, yeah, but there's a price to pay for that. The price was already paid. Consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Hallelujah. How many of you have not strove to blood yet? But Jesus did. He took the ridicule. He took the mockery. He took the, the, the excuses. He took it all. And he paid a greater price than any one of us has to ever pay. But I will not compromise the truth of the living God because there's a world that does not want to hear it. There are still people that want to hear hear the truth. There are still those that have an ear to hear. Hallelujah. 
may be seated. So go to Exodus with me. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Savior. And we're going to look at it. We're going to look at this. We're going to look at a supernatural building that God wanted to build. The old covenant type of what we are now. You and I are stones in this building that God is building. You are destined to be used by God. There is something on the inside of you that will be forever unsatisfied unless you yield yourself as a tool that God can use. But when you yield yourself and you let go of other people's opinions about you and what other people want you to be, and you allow God to make you what he needs you to be, you will find out what you were born for. We are his tools. We are his workmanship. We are his vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power would be of God and not of us. There's something that needs to be unlocked in every individual. There's something that needs to be unlocked on the inside of you. You're not born for nothing. You're not here to just breathe. You are here to supply. You have something on the inside of you that God wants to use. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. See, this is why there's no, this is why there's no racism in the body of Christ. Because God made us unique. He said in his word, we're not all eyes. We're not all one thing. We're all members of the body. We might be different, but we are united in purpose. We might be different, but we have one heart. We all fit into what he's building. And we all have something that is so unique for God. And that's what International Miracle Institute is about. And that's why I'm talking to you about this tonight because you have been drawn by God into this vision. You have been drawn by God into a mandate. And this mandate is God's heart because it is investing in people. And you may say, well, Pastor Chrissy, I don't want to invest in people. People aren't always reliable. Listen, God invested in people when he sowed his word in the planet. He believed that there would be a harvest. He believed that there would be ears to hear. Glory to God. He invested in people. He told his 72, he told his 72, I want you to go into the cities. I want you to cast out devils in my name. I want you to heal the sick. How many of you know what they did? They went into those cities, they cast out devils, and they healed the sick. He had not been crucified. He had not been buried. He had not rose from the dead, but he commissioned men and women who were not yet born fully into what he would supply just with authority. Go in my name and you're going to get my results. Go and do what I would do and you'll get my results. Hallelujah. How many 
of you don't think the Great Commission has changed? The Great Commission is the same. He is still telling us, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And every time we do that, every time we introduce somebody lost, somebody that's drowning, and we pull them into the ark, they get baptized into this building. They get baptized into this house. See, we're not waiting till one day we get to experience God's presence. The Bible said that we can now enter boldly into the throne room now because of his blood, because of his flesh, because of what he supplied. Glory to God. That's the refuge. You may be seated. That's our refuge. He is our refuge. And so in Exodus in chapter 35. Thank you, Lord. In in, in chapter 35, the Lord commands Moses. I want you to gather the congregation. Somebody shout congregation. How many of you know? That the children of Israel are a type of of what we are called to be birthed into. We are branches that have been uh, uh, connected to that vine. How many of you are with me? Are we not engrafted branches? Are we not engrafted branches? Are we not Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? Do we not belong to Christ? Have we not been birthed into his family? So how many of you see that when we look at tabernacles in the old covenant, we're looking at a type of our new covenant body. Because in the old covenant, God had to dwell. He had to, he had to dwell in the ark. He had to dwell uh, with a barrier between him and people. There was a veil between us and him. But he said, in those days, I will make, this is the covenant I will make with them in those days. Saith God, I will write my laws in their hearts and in their minds. No longer will I be separated from them by a veil. No longer will there be a limitation to how close they can get to me. They'll no longer burn up. They'll no longer uh, uh, be overcome. When they come close to me, they'll be able to enter in through The veil, that is to say, his flesh. How many of you are in Christ? And so he gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, these are the words which the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. And he goes on. And then in verse 4, he spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Now, I want you to stop. How many of you see this is the old covenant type of the new covenant experience that we now have? Are you with me? Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Someone shout those two words. Let him bring it, an offering of the Lord. And then he lists. He lists some things that are needed for the tabernacle. He lists some things that are needed for the house. How many of you are stones? How many of you are part of that house? How many of you are being used by God to build 
something that's beyond man's limits, beyond man's capability, beyond man's knowledge. He said gold and silver and and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red. (laughs) God is so specific. Look at this. Ram's skins dyed red. Not any animal, ram. Not any color, red. You think he doesn't know what he has for you? You think he hasn't counted the cost of the vision that he gave for you? You don't think that he hasn't designed you to every detail? That he hasn't called you to a specific purpose? Let him that has here, ears, let him hear. And, 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 and badger skins and shittim wood and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense and onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. How many of you see that all of these things are things that have to do with worship? How many of you know that the greatest thing that God can ever receive from you is you. How many of you are those who will be used by God for worship? How many of you see that you are used as part of his tabernacle, as part of his habitation, as part of his building? I know I am. I know I am. I know that, that, that I am. I know that without his voice, I don't want to speak. Without his breath, I don't want to sing. Without his ability, I don't want to do. Without him first leading, I don't want to go. Without him anointing, I don't want to be. I have been made to be used by him as part of what he is doing on this earth today. Glory to God. So so maybe I'm ram skin dyed red. Maybe that's my job. I don't know. Maybe I'm sweet anointing oil. Maybe I'm part of the incense. Whatever I am in God's habitation, I want to do it and I want to be it fully. If I'm called to smell good, I want to smell good. If I'm called to worship good, I want to worship good. Whatever he wants me to be in his house, that's where I will be. You put me there, God, and I'll be a stone there. I won't let the rain in. I won't let the wind blow. I won't let anything come past me. I'm that stone. Glory to God. I have a function. I have a purpose. I have a reason. I have a mission. I have a call. And so do you. You're not separated. See, the, 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 the devil is a divider. You know, he told Eve, listen, God doesn't want you to know things. He doesn't want you to have things. When you eat of this tree, when you eat of this tree, you'll be like God. You'll know things that he doesn't want you to know. And, and she said, no, God said, if I eat of this tree, I will surely die. He said, no, you won't surely die because the devil doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. He, he, and as soon as she ate it, what happened? She, she was instantly separated from God. And according to God, that's death. So you, you got to know that things that want to sever you from God, they're the devil. Things that want to distract you from God, they're the devil. Thing, things, things that want to bring something extra to what God said. Mmm. Mmm. 
I don't want to get on that. You don't need extra. God is more than enough. Don't ask what I can get away with. Ask what can I do to get closer? What can I do to get further? What can I do to draw nearer to you? Hallelujah. So he describes it and in verse 10 he says, Every wise hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. Now I want you to listen to me. This is a word of God. You can feel the prophetic anointing in here. I don't want any person to react to this if you don't hear the echo of the spirit on the inside of you. See, what I'm saying is called to echo the spirit of God in you, and it's called to resound on the inside of you and say, that's right, that's right, that's right. If you don't have a that's right, then don't move. But if you've got a that's right, then don't let anybody next to you hold you back from what God said. Hallelujah. And go over to chapter 36. We're going to see something supernatural. Mm, Because God's got evidence. God's got evidence. My goodness. And in chapter 36 and verse 3. And they received. Are you there? They received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary. Now who brought it? The children of Israel. And and those who had a what kind of heart? A what kind of heart? A willing heart. And they brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. How many of you see that they kept giving? How do you keep giving? How do you keep giving? How do you keep giving and not run out? How do you keep giving and still have more every morning? How do you keep giving and still have a willing heart? How do you keep giving and still draw near to the Lord? How do you keep giving and still show up at church? How many of you see there was multiple miracles happening? God said, I give seed to the sower. The children of Israel kept having their seed multiplied back to them. God kept giving them the ability to be a blessing. Because listen, your function is to be a blessing. See, there's a difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. The devil is an eater. The children of the devil are consumers. They can't produce anything. They can just steal and they can just lie and they can just take and they can just eat and they can just breathe and they can just suck it up and suck up their oxygen and then die. Now, I don't mean to be mean. That wasn't intended to be mean. But how many of you know that if if God doesn't dwell in you, what are you going to give? If God doesn't dwell in you. Now, how many of you know God can dwell in them? We could save them. We're called to. How many of you are called to? But how many of you agree that without God being the supply, you run out? Without God being the... How many of you know that the fiery bush, the fiery tree that Moses saw, the burning tree, the burning bush, why did it catch his attention? It wasn't that it was burning. It was never consumed. The fire was a different type of fire because it didn't eat up 
the tree. Like the world that we live in is a world that eats up. It corrodes. It corrupts. But that fire was the fire of God. And the fire of God doesn't take from you. The fire of God fills you and breathes into you and gives to you and supplies through you. And so the children of the devil will, will be an eater by nature. They will follow after things like Matthew says. All these things do the Gentiles seek because they need these things because they don't have him. But you and I are not called to be consumers only. We are called by God to be suppliers. We are called by God freely we've received, freely we give. We are givers by nature. We are suppliers by nature. We are his vessels by nature. You, you, you may be seated. And, and so these, these people, they, they got, they had a wise heart, Reverend John. So they were moved upon by the Lord. But then something crazy happened. And you got to know this in ministry. Because you're going to keep giving. That's what a minister is. Huh. A minister is, a, is someone who serves the Lord. And God's desire is for the people to be fed. So as a minister, you feed people. You pour out into people. How many of you mothers, you just keep giving? I mean, does the kid ever stop needing mama? No, it doesn't even, how many of you know it doesn't even matter how big you get? When you need something, you still call your mama. Mothers are givers. Fathers are givers. According to God. Now, they're, they're, you know, different breed, right? But those according to God, right, they're givers. Well, how do you keep giving and not run out? How do you be like that bush that God set on fire, but you just keep burning, and you just keep burning, and you just keep burning, and you just keep burning? How many of you know that takes God? He is the vine. We are the branches. What we draw, we draw from him. How many of you are with me? You may be seated until we're called to be givers. That's what we're called to do. God's, Jesus said, those who lose their life will find it. What does that even mean? There is he that scattereth yet increaseth. There is he that withholdeth more than his meat and attendeth to poverty. What does that even mean? That means that there is somebody who knows that their source is not them, who knows that their end is not them, who knows that where they end, God steps in. When they finish, God's not done. Hallelujah. That's what ministry is. You cannot give of yourself and cure a disease. You must give of God. You can't give of yourself and cast out the devil. You have to be empowered by God. You have to have God authority. Hallelujah. There's too many ministers that are ministering of themselves. That's why they get mad. That's why they run out. That's why they end up hating people. Because they're not pouring out of a well that has no limit. They're pouring out of a finite well. Hallelujah. But something got a hold of the children of Israel. And they kept bringing offerings every morning and they didn't run out. They didn't run out. You, you may be seated. I know it's hard. Woo, I know it's hard. <laughs> and, and all the why 
wise men. I love that. How many of you know it's wise to serve God? Yes. Who the, the, the greatest wisdom is knowing that your wisdom isn't the greatest. <laughs> the greatest wisdom is knowing that there's somebody smarter than you. <laughs> and all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made and they spake unto Moses saying, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. They brought too much. Where did they get too much? Where did they get overflow? Where did they get abundant? Where did they get so much that the need was met and there was left over? How many of you know that's not the first place we see that? How many of you know we see that with the woman with the oil? She had the husband who died, but she didn't lose her covenant. She was like, he might be dead, but my covenant is not. Woo! And she came, she came to the prophet. She said, there's some unfinished business. My husband died, but God's not through with my family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God not only met her debt, but there was enough left over to supply for uh, everything that she needed. How many of you know the same thing happened with the catch of fish? They didn't catch what they needed. They, catch, they caught what was too big for their ships to carry. <gasps> Hallelujah. The same thing happened with the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. One time there was seven hampers. One time there was 12 baskets. There was always too much for the need. How many of you know that that is not a man result? How many of you know that Peter, excuse me, John told Peter, it is the Lord. Why? Because they caught a catch that looked like God. (laughs) Oh, they were like, that's not like, you know, we're good and all. But I've been fishing with me a long time and I don't get those results. But I know somebody who gets those kind of results. I know somebody that always gives more than enough. I know somebody that always gives overabundant. I know somebody that's too much, too good, too great. How many of you know somebody like that? And so you maybe see that. So Moses gave commandment. He commanded and they and caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. Do you know that word restrained? It means they were held back. Now stop. Why would you have to hold people back from giving unless they had experienced a miracle every time they gave? Unless they were like, you better hold me back. You're not going to stop me from getting my harvest. You're not going to stop me from blessing the Lord. You're not going to stop me from worshiping Jesus. You're not going to stop me from giving all that I am. Hold me back. They had 
to hold them back for the stuff that they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. How much? How much? How much? Now, if the people still had to give, then how many of you believe that God not only supplied what was necessary for his worship, but what was necessary for his people? See, if they didn't have, they wouldn't have had to be held back. And there are some of you that are connected with this ministry, and this word is a prophetic word for you. Because you're not called, you're not called to give to the Lord and then go on a a hiatus from harvest. Now, I know we've been, we've been in a year where everybody thinks we're supposed to pause, but God does not stop. His harvest for you is not on hold. His blessing for you is not incarcerated. The breakthrough that you need is not on lockdown. His anointing is not limited. His breakthrough is not limited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God told Dr. Afush before the meeting, he said, there are alumni, there are doctors, there are partners, there are friends of this ministry that are going to step into this anointing. They're going to step into the anointing where they give and God's harvest overtakes them. And they give and God's harvest overtakes them. And God will meet every one of the needs and make it so that it's not only met, but that there is an overflow. He gave us a word about seven hampers and 12 basketfuls. And it doesn't matter what year it is. His word is true. Yes. Yesterday, today, and forever. Give him praise for that word. That's your word. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com, and we'll see you next week.